0: Welcome to MedEvidence, where we help you navigate the truth behind medical research with unbiased, evidence-proven facts, powered by Encore Research Group and hosted by cardiologist and top medical researcher, Dr. Michael Corin. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Corin. And I'm Dr. Eric Schramm. And Eric and I had a fabulous session where we went over cannabis 101. And I learned a lot. Thank you for you, educating you me. You passed the test. That. I did with an A. Did. You got them all yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, I don't want to say my exact score on the quiz after the test, but I did pass. So. You might have cheated. I'm not sure, but you <laughs> but got it, it all right. It was all good. So let's let's now look at this more from a clinical perspective. So you've now dedicated your practice to be focused completely on cannabis, is my understanding. You're, you're not doing uh, family uh, medicine anymore, and you're now basically a doctor that helps people use cannabis effectively. So tell us a little bit about your practice, and then after that, let's delve into some patients that might benefit from the type of practice that you do. Right. So
1: what inspired me to consider uh, getting into the cannabis realm was so many patients that were looking for alternatives to traditional medications, mm-hmm. uh, primarily uh, as in terms of maybe wanting to try to avoid certain side effects or just wanting a more natural approach to to their health. And as a family physician, I consider myself to have a holistic approach to health and say, well, it isn't exclusively one side of medicine versus another, I think we can all peacefully coexist. But mm-hmm. a lot of that, uh, you know, a lot of my uh, incentive evolved around being able to help patients outside of the traditional prescription realm. And to that end, you know, so this has brought a number of patients that come in looking for relief. Um, typically, the things that they're looking for, I um, treat a lot of sleep conditions. Pain uh, is, is uh, very common anxiety uh, depression so moods uh, mood issues tend to be a big chunk of that practice so it's it's an its advantage to me is that I am no longer confined in terms of traditional uh, medicine practice in which I have time to sit down and really talk with patients um, I, I initial certification that I'll do an hour with mm-hmm. a patient mm-hmm. providing them uh, mm-hmm. a lot of information about and a lot of education about the cannabis uh, products and, and a cannabis plan. So that's, that's what has gotten
0: me into this space. Beautiful. So l- l- let's break it down very fundamentally for people. So I'm a cardiologist and I have, um, let's see, a 60-year-old, um, moderately overweight woman that I'm treating for hypertension, has mild coronary disease, but not necessarily symptomatic. And of course, in the course of my discussion with her, she mentions that she can't sleep and that's really her biggest problem. So you should just tell her, well, why don't you go out and uh, smoke a couple of doobies? And uh, <laughs> that should take care of it. Uh, do we still use doobies as a word? Uh, is that, blunts, it, <laughs> uh, joints. Uh, is, that, is that like uh, the medical slang that I got stuck yeah. with in high school?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I would uh, refer to it as the uh, smokable form of. Mar- medical marijuana and and that is a possibility. People can get certified, but uh, so so, so take
0: this case and tell me uh, why I shouldn't just tell her to smoke a couple of joints and then go to you and 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 I assume a more scientific approach. So, okay,
1: so, so go ahead. Right, and this is a pretty common patient actually. And what I tell a patient, because that patient may come in and say, look, I don't want to smoke anything. I've Mm -hmm. never smoked my whole life, and I Mm -hmm. don't want to start now. And I say, well, terrific. We can accommodate non-smokable forms of marijuana. Mm -hmm. And to that end, they'll say, okay, well, what what options there? And I'll say, well, a lot of people like to do uh, edibles like gummies or Mm -hmm. tinctures, drops. Uh, There's a lot of different ways we can get uh, and deliver a medical marijuana product that doesn't require smoking. Mm The other thing is cannabis naive patients, okay, mm-hmm. and that's something that is important because everybody comes to, that I see has a different level of experience from none to frequent or or, or regular use, mm-hmm. and so for a cannabis naive patient, you have to consider that their sensitivity to the THC mm-hmm. and those types of products is is going to be you know potentially greater, mm-hmm. and so you really have to direct them you know to not only like say a specific type of. Uh, say an indica type strain, which is your more evening, relaxing, restful sleep. But you're also going to look at things that help to cut uh, things like terpenes and CBD that help to buffer some of the effects or the potential effects of, of THC for that patient. Because too much of a good thing for a patient in terms of THC could be uh, excessive THC, could be uh, heart rate, uh, palpitations, uh, uh, anxiety. Uh, Bad dream. So you don't want them to have that experience. So you have to consider products, especially balanced products, which ratio products, which means that they have both CBD and THC in it. Because if you just give people a straight THC gummy, then you're going to have a less than optimal effect. So I guide those patients Mm -hmm. to an edible. Mm -hmm. And we could talk a little bit more about the different forms of cannabis that are out there, but I typically guide them towards an edible uh, at a low dose to start with. And I would put a plug in to say that, and I had uh, seen a couple of patients this week that were who had this issue that I'd recommend also that you can get a good high quality CBD product at the dispensaries mm. because CBD helps
0: to offset the negative effects, p- negative potential effects for THC. Interesting. So you brought up a lot of things. So I'm going to unpack that a little bit in in different ways. So you mentioned, for example, uh, people that get palpitations, which of course is something I deal with all the time. So Second case to throw out at you. I have a 50-year-old person, again, having sleep problems, but maybe related to sleep apnea, uh, has a lot of palpitations and atypical chest pain, meaning it's chest pain that isn't something that is specifically related to coronary artery disease. Right. I've treated them for coronary disease. We've worked them up. They have mild coronary disease, not zero, so I can't completely rule out coronary disease, but my sense is that more of their issues are related to anxiety and the sense of palpitations that are not specifically associated with a cardiac arrhythmia. Right. So um, how would you process that person uh, given what you've just told us?
1: Okay, great. And very similar actually to a, a patient I uh, was talking to earlier this week. And so as far as palpitations, the heart has CB1 and CB2 receptors and CB1 receptors are, are what part of that regulating that heart rate. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody tells me that two hours after dosing that they're getting rapid heart rate, then I know that's a THC effect. Mm -hmm. Now, the good thing is for a patient with sleep apnea, and I see a ton of patients with sleep apnea, the great news for cannabis is it does not affect the brainstem breathing center. So Mm -hmm. you cannot, this is why you cannot kill people on cannabis Mm because you cannot uh, sedate them to the point Uh, uh, where they stop breathing. So cannabis is a great option for people who have sleep apnea because Mm. a lot of people, as you know, struggle with being comfortable with it. Mm. So to this patient, um, what I suggested to to earlier this week, I would say, okay, back to considering, okay, if you're going to do your bedtime gummy or Mm. a tincture, which tinctures um, last about half as long as a gummy, about four hours, gummies, edibles go about six to eight hours then I might say we might want to do a tincture. But again, it's important to have CBD in the picture here because it keeps the THC in check, Mm -hmm. which is good. And it also has an anti-anxiety effect. So during the daytime for this patient who's going to tell you that they don't want to be impaired and they don't want to risk intoxication, then you would necessarily want to choose. And I can talk about ratio products, but this is somebody that I'm going to be looking for a daytime high-ratio CBD, low THC option, 20 or 30 to one, where they won't have any potential for intoxication. And then, you know, I can, whether they need something a little bit more for stress relief, I can give them that. But in the cannabis world, less THC is better for anxiety. I see Mm -hmm. a lot of times people's anxieties can be made worse. It's really, THC is very dose dependent. Mm -hmm. And so understanding how to initiate dosing in these patients is really important.
0: Interesting, interesting. So I'm going to give you a third case um, and getting into a little bit of this uh, balancing concept. So now we have, uh, again, these are all people that I would potentially see in my practice. So now we have, uh, say, a late 40s female who, who has a very strong family history of coronary disease and has familial hypercholesterolemia. So I'm treating their cholesterol, but we know that even women that have this issue are likely to get some degree of heart disease by the time they're 50. So she's a little bit anxious about that, uh, but she's not symptomatic, and we work her up. Unfortunately, she doesn't have any major cardiac issues, but she does, definitely wants to stick with me because we're going to be very aggressive at preventing atherosclerosis through risk factor reduction. But she also is telling me about her irritable bowel syndrome, and uh, she also is very weight conscious. Mm-hmm. and uh, we know that weight has an effect on cardiovascular risk factors. So tell me a little bit how you balance all these things. We had mentioned previously that maybe cannabinoids would help irritable bowel syndrome, but we also know there is a risk of increased appetite with right. cannabinoids. Right. So this is another interesting patient in terms of trade-offs. Right. And so it all comes
1: down to understanding what might be the optimal product. And I'm going to go back to talking again about ratio products Mm -hmm. because it's super important. Mm -hmm. And in this case, somebody who has having digestive complaints and you know cannabis is great for that. It's mm. indicated for uh, for uh, Crohn's and all sort of colitis. Um, it has great uh, potential benefit for people with inflammatory bowel disease because of the anti-inflammatory effects. And there are certainly understanding and the terpen terpenoids that are involved and may be helpful for her. And so that may select certain products that favor those kind of terpenoids. But at the end of the day. You know, this would be a patient, how I would treat this patient is with a one-to-one, so I'm going to get a CBD to THC ratio product. Mm-hmm. And the ratio is important because if you're worried about, hey, I don't want this person to get the munchies, right? Right? I don't want this person to come sure. back and gain, you know, 10 pounds over, you know, over the course of a year, then I would be looking for a one-to-one ratio daytime product, maybe a hybrid, something that, or a sativa leaning product mm-hmm. so that, um, you know, cause the other thing that a lot of these people don't have is energy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so to consider how to not just help their, their bowel mm-hmm. symptoms, but how they can get through their day better, mm-hmm. you know, with a little more energy. So a lot of times when I get people in the zone in terms mm-hmm. of treatment, mm-hmm. you know, their energies are going to be improving. Mm-hmm. They get out, they start exercising, they get mm-hmm. walking, you know, so there's, there's, you know you're treating the initial problem the main problem but you're going to see a lot of benefits occurring in the periphery so this is what i tell patients all the time i say look i'm going to manage your stress but we're going to get your sleep better or i'm going to help your pain but mm-hmm. you're going to sleep better or i'm going to help you with your digestive issues but we're going to you're going to sleep better or you're going to have better daytime energy and but it's really going to come down to understanding how to deliver or recommend to them products mm. that help to buffer the potential for weight gain.
0: Now, those are some compelling situations where it sounds like you, you're able to help people. So let's get into the uh, the pragmatic just very briefly and then we'll cover this in the next session in more detail. You you write a prescription and they go to a dispensary. So what's what's the next step? Okay.
1: So there's that's a great point. Um, you cannot prescribe a scheduled one drug. How mm. about that? So when pay, you know people ask me i'd say well i recommend those products Mm -hmm. if i'm talking to a physician i'll say we recommend those products because you can't legally prescribe a schedule one and we can talk about that a little bit later Mm -hmm. but the process is that patients will be often referred to their doctor though you don't have to have a referral from your doctor Mm -hmm. Um, they'll come in and uh, there's a certification usually takes about an hour i get the records before Mm -hmm. they come in uh, and we talk about the conditions that they may qualify. some mm. are um, some are uh, unconditional. Mm. The state has ten unconditional qualifying conditions. Mm. and then there are other conditional conditions like insomnia. Uh, anxiety, and certain pain issues that require, uh, we call it the uh, uh, same kind or class documentation where the providers put uh, have to submit scientific evidence that these are treatable conditions.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna, let's going to take our deep dive into that specific area. And, uh, and in our next session, I want you to walk me through the actual experience of somebody that comes into your office and has to go through this process. Thanks
1: for joining the MedEvidence podcast. To learn more, head over to medevidence.com or
0: subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform.